Welcome everyone to the Bread of Life, a radio ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. To learn more about the significant work that God has allowed us to participate in around the world, go to traincpe.org. And to find out more about our church in Boise, go to breadoflifeboise.org. In Romans chapter 4, verses 17 through 25, we have described the faith of Abraham. Abraham's faith started with God, a God who could raise the dead and brought existence out of nothing. It believed God for a nation, a blessing to all nations, and a Savior for the nations. It was a faith that looked past his own inabilities to God alone. And the question is, is Abraham's faith your faith? Paul points it out to us, that when God was making this promise to Abraham, that God gave Abraham a sight, not only of the physical descendants or nations that would rise from him, and then the spiritual descendants of nations of faith that would receive blessing along with them, but then God gave him a vision of the one through which all those blessings would be channeled and realized and accomplished. And so he gives him a vision of the Lord Jesus Christ, of the Messiah rising up from him. Galatians 3.16, Paul writes this, referring to Genesis 12.7 when God gives this promise, that his seed and to his seed would be given these blessings. Paul writes this, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. God, speaking to Abraham, does not say, And to seeds as of many, but as of one. And to your seed. And then Paul explains this. Who is Christ? This is the Christ. God in the moment in which he was promising to Abraham that he would become the father of a great nation and descendants, a physical nation, and God who was promising to him that from him would be the spiritual seed of people that would be believing and coming under that blessing as well, God then shows him the one who will bring that blessing to all, a seed that will rise from him as well. A physical descendant, one seed, through which these promises will ultimately be fulfilled. And so Abraham saw the Messiah, the Savior, the Redeemer, and the promise of God. He saw the one that was first promised to Adam and Eve. You remember to Eve it was said, the seed of the woman will crush the serpent's head. And he sees now that that seed that's coming to bring defeat of the enemy and bring life to him, that seed, that one is coming through him. Now, Jesus gives us a clearer understanding of what this means. Take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 8. And and let me read to you verses 37 through 59. So we'll have to hold on to the passage a little bit longer. John chapter 8. Verses 37 through 59. You'll know the setting. The Lord Jesus is contending with the religious leaders. He's declaring to them who he is. They are rejecting his words. The conversation gets heated. And yet at the same time, the Lord Jesus is not backing away from what he is declaring to be true of himself. And what he is saying is made known to them. And they are basically saying, you're not in a position to lecture us because we're the descendants of Abraham. We're of the children of Abraham. And... In verse 37, the Lord Jesus responds, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because your word has no place in me. I speak what I've seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. So obviously here, it's not simply a matter of natural descent, but a spiritual descent. But you seek to kill me. A man who has told you the truth which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. Then the Jews said to him, Now we know you're a demon 
Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead, and the prophets who are dead? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It's my father who honors me, of whom you say he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father, Abraham, rejoiced to see my day and saw it and was glad. And the Jews said to him, you're not yet 50 years old and you have seen Abraham. And Jesus said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And they took up stones at that time to stone him because he made himself equal with God. Do you see this? The Lord Jesus said something about Abraham there. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, saw it, and was glad. That takes us out before that tent where Abraham looked up into the star. And Abraham received this promise of God, a promise of a nation that, of descendants that would flow from him, a promise of a spiritual sea of nations that would rise up from him, a promise of the one who would bring the blessing to all of them and fulfill it, a Messiah that would come from himself. And he believed God for it and rejoiced and was glad. Now is that not rather an immense faith? That Abraham saw all these things and believed all these things. And what did he believe against, by the way? What did he believe against? He believed these things, verse 19 says, in spite of his own weakness. Verse 19 of Romans 4 says this, And not being weak in the faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. The NIV actually has a better translation here. It's more accurate. It says this. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. In other words, faith is not kind of believism. It's not just kind of denying reality. It's not speaking against reality. Abraham saw it. He was realistic. This was not simply a pipe dream that he had. This was Abraham recognizing realistically what his own limitations were. He's 100 years old. Think about it. He's lived with this wife for years and years, decades, without a child. And now the time has passed. And God has given this promise. And the promiser is one who brings the dead to life. And the promiser is one who can speak into existence those things who have no existence. And the thing that doesn't be as if it bees and as it was. And... Abraham is realistic regarding his own identity and his own inability, but he believed against himself in God's self. He just believed in God. How was, Abel, how was Abraham able to hold on to that promise to the very end? Well, you know, he, he falters, he stumbles, he goes about it the wrong way, but still he holds on to this idea, this thing that even though he has doubts and even though he doesn't understand how God is going to accomplish it, he still trusts, he still believes that what God has made known to him will be fulfilled. And the reason he's able to do this is because, as we've said already, his faith is grounded in God. A God who makes the dead alive. A God who speaks nothing into existence. And as a result, he would not draw back from his faith in God. He wouldn't draw back. So, let's make an application to ourselves very quickly. Do you have the faith of Abraham? What's the ground of your confidence that you're saved and your salvation? Is it some act that you've done? Is it that because God has found something in you that he said, I can make something of that. I can take that. You know, he's got a lot of problems, but I see this one little thing in him and 
ah, if I could just isolate that and work on them, I could do something with that. Is that it? Some ground that God saw something in you that he could perfect and call forth? No, we're full of sin. We're broken. We're thrust in the darkness of our sin and it's just collapsing in upon us. <laughs> we're this black star of darkness that God has found and yet God speaks forth out of it light. He creates what is not there and that's our faith. We believe in a God that was our saving faith. Nothing I have, nothing I can claim, nothing in myself, but God, you can make the dead live. God gives us that faith. God gives us the faith to believe that God can bring to existence what we don't see ourselves. So that in believing Jesus Christ, we can believe that he has washed us and cleansed us of all our sins. That believing in Jesus Christ, we believe that God has given us an ability to stand before the God of all creation and not be destroyed. But instead call him Daddy and Father and Abba. Enjoy him. Enjoy him not now, but enjoy him through all eternity. So God says to Abraham, Today you are a father of many nations. He calls it when Abraham is still living in his tent alone with his wife Sarah, with no children. And God declares it as if it was. Then God saves us, and I believe in the Lord Jesus, and I trust in him. And then God says something like what we read in Ephesians chapter 2, where God says that I am seated in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. God already sees me there. God already declares that I'm anchored in eternity and I'm reigning in the heavens with my Savior Jesus Christ. Right now he's declared it. It exists in the mind of God right now and it cannot be altered and it is sure and it's certain. Take your Bibles to Romans chapter 8 verse 30. Just go a few pages over and get another example of this. God says of Abraham in his tents, that old man, that could produce nothing of himself. And God says, you are the father of a multitude of nations. Here's what God says to us. He says, moreover, in verse 30, whom he predestinated, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Let me kind of walk you through this for a moment, just quickly. Predestined refers to the life that God decrees or declares over us just like God decreed and declared something over the life of Abraham. Called is when God takes us out from under the stars, and like Abraham, he declares it to us. He calls it. He, he calls it out to us. And then, as we believe and trust in him, just as Abraham believed and trusted in the promiser and the promise, we're justified. We're justified. Now, Abraham, at that point in time, says he believed God it was counted unto righteousness, but you know what? Abraham was still alone in his tents with his wife. And yet God had declared he was already the father of many nations. God didn't say it's going to happen. God said it's happening. It's happened as if it were. And in this passage, it says not only are we justified, but it also says we're glorified. Glorification is referring to that day when we shall see Jesus. And the Bible says in that moment, we shall be like him for we'll see him as he is. It's in that day when we will inherit new bodies, resurrected bodies, and we will be able to live and thrive and be with him forever and ever, reigning with him in the glorified state. And yet in this passage, it doesn't say we will be glorified. God says glorified too. Predestined, called, justified, glorified. That's just as sure in the mind of God. Just as sure in the mind of God. Because what God declares to be true, what God says is so, is so. Is so. Now, stand before God that way. 
God, you raise the dead. I was dead in my trespasses and sins. God, you create new life. My life was so intertwined with sin, I couldn't break forward with it, but in believing you, you made me a new person in Christ. God, you declare even now, I'm reigning with you in heaven. You have established my glory with you and declared it as accomplished and so. Ruling and reigning with him. You're still in your tent. You're still seemingly alone in certain circumstances. But can you, like Abram, now call yourself Abraham? Can your faith now apply that to yourself in this moment and declare it and live as though it were so? That's what I am. That's how I identify myself. Is your faith like Abraham's? Do you have the faith of Abraham? And if you do, what more do you need to sweep into that faith? Because you're still going to go living through your day. And you're going to have your trials and you're going to have your challenges. If that's your faith, what are you sweeping into it? What challenge is before you in the past week or in the week ahead? Or what unanswered prayer seems to be lingering over your life one week after another week and one year after another year? And what difficulty are you facing? Or what trial is yours? Or how seem that you're in a temporal state in which you're behind the bars of time and peering out in eternity and you haven't yet inherited and you haven't claimed that thing? Or what disappointment do you regularly deal with? Or what dashed dream lies before you? Or what calling seems to be unanswered? What acts of obedience are yours? In the face of even not achieving or realizing the moment those things. Because Abraham had a step forward in obedience. Can you sweep all those things in to that kind of faith? Thanks for joining us at the Bread of Life. If you'd like to learn more about this ministry, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, May the Lord bless you.